You are listening to the weekly podcast of Mount Sinai Missionary Baptist Church in Millington, Tennessee. We pray you enjoy today's message. Dr. Curry is coming. God is a good God. Because somebody has a testimony. Somebody has something to say about God that's going to help somebody else get through what they're going through. Somebody is in the wilderness right now. And somebody is on their way out of the wilderness. But somebody is looking for a word to call them out of the wilderness. Just like Jesus had to call Lazarus out of the grave, somebody is waiting for a word that will call them out of the wilderness. And it's at that time that we have to be ready because God has a ministry for us. God has something for us to do, but we gotta be ready. We can't get hung up on the things of the world. This morning, if you have your Bibles, James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Again, James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. If you need a title this morning, consider this after the wilderness. James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. If you have it, stand to your feet for the reading of the word of God. Even if you are without your Bibles, just stand to your feet in honor of the word of God. James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Verse 8 says, if ye fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Verse 9 says, but if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Amen. You may be seated. Basically, it it, it says, if you love according to the law, which is written in Scripture, not love according to what you have made up in your mind. It says, love according to the royal law, which is according to Scripture, which means that it comes directly from God. It says, if you can love in that way and you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you're doing a good job. It says, but if your love is based on who you like, if your love is based on who looks the way you want them to look, if your love is based on who comes from a family that you approve of, who who comes from somewhere that you don't mind going to, if your love is based on that, it says ye commit sin. So therefore, if you base what you give people on what people are able to give unto you, it says you commit a sin because God wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And it says the reason that you you sin is because the law says 
that you have sinned. Not that your brother or your sister is deciding that you are a sinner. It says the law reveals that you are a sinner. If your hair is out of place, all you have to do is look in the mirror and the mirror will tell you that your hair is out of place. You don't have to take anybody's word for the fact that your hair is out of place. If your clothes are messed up, if you missed a button or something of that nature, all you have to do is look in the mirror and the mirror will tell you exactly what is wrong with your appearance. It's the same way with the law. If we look at the law, if we look at the word, the word will tell us exactly what we are in violation of. We, we can't get mad at the mirror because the mirror revealed to you that you got a smudge on your face. What sense does it make to break the mirror all because the mirror revealed to you that your hair isn't as activated as you thought it was. Your, your hair is not up to par as you thought it was. Your shirt is not as ironed and crispy as you thought it was. The mirror revealed that to you, but the mirror is not passing judgment on you. The mirror is just simply revealing to you the problem that you have. The word does the same thing. Sometimes it reveals, us, it reveals to us the problem that we have. The, the word is not the problem. The problem is whatever we stand in error of. So if we are, are, are guilty of not loving as God tells us to love, it's not the word that's the problem, it's the way that we love. It, it, it's the fact that we're not loving the way that the word reveals to us we ought to love. So therefore, the word is not the problem. It, it, it's the people that read the word that are now finding out it's a problem with what I'm doing. It, it's a problem with what I'm practicing. It's not a problem with the word. It's a problem in me. So we have to understand that, that God wants us to love one another. And he wants us to love one another the way that he has told us to love one another. If you read through scripture, you, you get examples of what it means to love one another. Loving one another means that we're willing to go the extra mile for one another. Loving one another means we're willing to do something for each other with no thought about what I might get in return. That's loving one another. Isn't that what we heard about the, the story of the Good Samaritan? He came by and he saw a man that should not even fool with him, but he decided to help the man anyway. And, and he healed the man. And not only did he help heal the man, but he put the man on his horse and he walked. How many of us are willing to give somebody our stuff and we go without? He put the man on his horse and he walked beside the horse and he took him to an end and he paid and he told him to do whatever he needs and if he runs up a bill that's greater than what I've already paid when I come back through I'll put some more on it. That's the love that God is talking about but the problem is sometimes we don't want to love that way because we use things to figure out who is or is not deserving of our love. Isn't it something? <laughs> 
that the very people that, that have been the victims of racism and sexism and classism and ageism come inside the church and now they're racist and they're, they're sexist and they're ageist and they're classes with inside of the church. You're too young to be a part of this ministry. You're too old to do this. You, you don't have enough money to participate in this. Oh, you're not the right skin color. Isn't that something that people that come complain about people being racist. Now you're not light-skinned enough to be a part of this ministry. Oh, you too dark to be on this ministry. We use racism within our own churches. But then we get mad at the world. So that's what James is telling these people. He said, I, I don't understand how you people that were once poor, you, you people that were oppressed by another group of people, now you have the nerve to turn around and oppress other people. You got the nerve to turn around and look down your nose at somebody else. All because they don't have what you think they ought to have. All because you feel like that they're poor and now all of a sudden you, you've come up. You've made it to that deluxe apartment in the sky. Now all of a sudden you can look down on somebody else. And that's the problem as, as Christians. We, we go out and we encounter this world, and this world executes all these isms against us, and then we become hurt, and we bring those isms inside the church, and we hurt other people. But don't you know somebody has been in the wilderness? Somebody has been broken in the wilderness. Somebody has been tested in the wilderness. Somebody has been drained in the wilderness. And it's our responsibility to minister to their needs. It's our calling to be able to minister unto these people. Let me remind you, even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ found himself in the midst of the wilderness. Right after he was baptized by John the Baptist, it says the Spirit led him into the wilderness where he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And in that time, he did not eat. He fasted. But not only did he fast, he was tempted and tested by the devil himself. And at every turn, Jesus was able to defeat the devil with the word of God. And at the end, it, it, it says that he was able to put Satan behind him and told Satan that he would not worship him. But verse 11 tells us that when he was leaving, the angels came and they ministered unto him. So when Jesus left the wilderness, he needed the angels to minister unto him. Don't you know those that are getting out of prison need somebody to minister unto them? But the problem is, we, we so caught up on why you went to prison in the first place, we can't minister to the brothers or the sisters when they get out of prison, and then we wonder why they keep going back and forth to prison. Because when they came out and they came to you for help, you said, nah, that crime too big for me to deal with. Nah, you've been in, in, in prison too long. It probably has corrupted you, and I can't allow that to get on me. I can't minister unto you. And we walk past those people. 
We want to know why you've been depressed in the first place. We're not happy that you've come out of the wilderness. We need to know why you went into the wilderness in the first place. But the angels didn't care why Jesus went into the wilderness. They understood that he had to go into the wilderness in order for him to come out better. They knew he had to go into the wilderness so that we could get through the wildernesses of our lives. They understood it was a reason for the wilderness. And now that he's come out of the wilderness, we need to go and minister unto his need. But we keep on getting stuck on why were you in the wilderness in the first place? And people are crying out for help. But we keep trying to figure out, do you know why he was in the wilderness? Because I don't think he's telling me everything. Do you know why she was in the wilderness? We keep trying to figure out, why did you get a divorce in the first place? Why were you depressed in the first place? Why did you lose your job in the first place? We keep trying to figure out why people were in the wilderness in the first place. And meanwhile, they go unministered to People continue being drained. They continue being hurt. They continue being unforgiven or holding on to unforgiveness. And we wonder why they keep giving themselves over to the evil trappings of this world. It's all because the people that are sent out to minister keep finding a reason for why they should not minister in the first place. See, we want to know, how did you get into the trouble that you found yourself in? How, why is it that it took you so long to come out of the wilderness? Jesus was there for 40 days and 40 nights. Some of us would say, why did it take so long? Why didn't you come out after the first two nights? Didn't you get hungry in the wilderness? Didn't you get tired of, of being tested by the enemy? Didn't you just want to run up out of there? But God kept them there for a reason. But we keep trying to figure out why didn't you come out after the first few nights? Why didn't you come out after the first few days? And that right there disqualifies some people from receiving ministry from us. But if we do that, the word tells us then, then we are guilty of being sinners. We are guilty of being respecters of person because see if a rich person was in the wilderness and we knew them to be a rich person when they came out of the wilderness we'd run to their aid because we know I might get a few dollars out of the situation we know that their family might take care of us some of us are in the church and we only want to minister to those that we think will give us something in return we, we only want to minister to those people that give out good gifts at Christmas time. You, you know how it is, Dr. Curry, Minister Houston, in the school system. Some teachers only want to help the children whose parents give out good gifts during teacher appreciation. I know the gift that your mama gave the teacher last year, so I'm going to tutor you free of charge. I'm going to stay extra with you. Oh, mama can drop you off early. I'll let you sit in my classroom until everybody gets here because they heard about the good gifts that you give during teacher appreciation but the bad part is that's how we are sometimes in the church we, we, we only want to minister to those children that belong to families that somebody will get up and sing your good graces on Sunday morning. Somebody will remember you in their prayers on Wednesday night. Somebody will get up and tell about your goodness and not the goodness of God. So sometimes we only want to minister 
when it's beneficial for us. But God says if that's the only time you minister, then you're a sinner. Because you're not ministering to those that don't have anything to give you in return. You're not ministering to those that the only thing they can give you is I appreciate you. The only thing they can give you is I'm so glad you gave me that piece of information. I'm so thankful for your testimony. We don't want to help those type of people because see, in our mind, those people are not worthy of being ministered unto. Only the people that, that come from good families, only the people that have a little loot with them, only the people that have some type of worldly influence, those are the only people that are worth ministering to. But if we're all getting the same word, if we're all praising the same God, then we don't have to waste time ministering to one another. We're already being ministered unto by the word of God. But it's the people outside of here that need some ministering. It, it, it's the person that you walk up on and that person, for some reason, it just spewing out all this negativity and all this complaining to you. That's the person that God wants you to minister to. But you just join in on their complaining. Or you just say, yeah, girl, you're right. I know they slow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this place ain't no good. The service is terrible. God gave you an opportunity to bring somebody out of their darkness. To bring somebody out of their view of the world. But instead, you joined in on the negativity. All because that's not somebody you saw fit to minister to. That's not somebody that you thought would be beneficial to you. They, they won't cause you to be church member of the year, Christian of the year, man or woman of the year inside your church. It's somebody that will probably forget that you even exist. But God is calling us to plant seeds. God is calling us to reveal his goodness into this world. That's what ministry is all about. Ministry is about us revealing God's nature to people that may not know God or people that have forgotten all about God's goodness. Somebody once knew the goodness of God, but because of life, life has gotten them down. Life has become too much, and now everything they do questions God. Everything they do rebels against God, and they have to be reminded about the goodness of of God. They have to be reminded of the God that was once there when they had nothing. But that's why I told you on last week, we got to remember, we got to stir up the gift. When you stir up the gift, now your gift needs to be used. Who better to use it on than those that are finding themselves coming out of the wilderness because they were broken in the wilderness they were confused in the wilderness they were drained in the wilderness they were tested in the wilderness now they need to be ministered unto i can imagine that jesus when he came out of the wilderness jesus had some chapped lips jesus his his skin was flush i can believe his clothes were dirty and ragged because the devil had taken him to some high places the devil had taken him to some low places i can believe that jesus looked just like a homeless person that we pass on the street every day jesus didn't look like somebody you wanted to go and carry he didn't look look like somebody you wanted to go and hold their hand and tell everything would be all right but it tells us in the word of God that the angels they went and they ministered unto Jesus 
So this morning, my son, my, my word is not complicated. All I came to tell you is you got to find a reason to help somebody. Because every reason that you keep coming up with not to help somebody is the very thing is that's going to get you sent to hell. It's the very thing that God is going to remember when he opens that book. See, he's not worried about what you did right and what you did wrong. He's worried about the time that you could have fed somebody and you chose not to. You didn't feed the brother that was dirty and busted. You fed the brother that was suited and booted. You passed up the brother or the sister that had their hand out for the brother or the sister that had something in the other hand. What good does it do you to give somebody water that already got a two liter coke in the other hand? But the problem is you want that coke so you're willing to exchange that water for the coke that they have in the other hand. You're looking to get something out of ministering to somebody else. So whatever reason that you came up with to not minister to this person, you better go back and change that reason and come back and give this person exactly what God told you to give them. Because we keep looking for earthly confirmation about what God has given us this divine instruction based on. God has told us, this is what I need you to do. But we keep looking for man to tell us, yeah, that's the person you ought to minister to when God has already told you that these are the people that are in need. He tells us that in James 2. He, he, he says that, isn't it the poor that I have chosen? The people that have less, aren't those the people that I have chosen to display great faith here in this earth? But you keep looking at the poor people as, nah, I can't fool with them. I don't get down with the homeless. I don't get down with those that don't have anything. I need to be around some people with some influence. I need to be around some people with some affluence. I need to be around people that's got it going on. I can't be around those people that don't have enough. And when we do that, we find ourselves not being Christians. And God is saying we would do well if we follow the law to love our neighbor as ourselves. Because if we do that, we're doing a good job. But if we decide that certain people are not worthy of God's love, certain people are not worthy of God's healing, God's word, God's deliverance, now we are sinners. And if you remember, I'm going to leave you right here. I, I don't know if you remember, there was a story when, when we were younger that we would be, uh, be read at bedtime sometimes. Or somebody read it to us in school. It was called Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And we know the story. Goldilocks was, was in search of something. She was wandering in the forest. And Goldilocks stumbled upon this house. Some of us are just like Goldilocks. We don't know where we're going in the first place. And we find ourselves walking and we stumble upon a house and that house is an opportunity but in that house Goldilocks found herself a little hungry and she went to the first bowl of porridge and she said now nah, this one is too high she went to the other bowl she said this one is too cold but she found one that was just right and it says that she ate it all but then after that, you know, she got a little tired like some of us get. And she went and she found her somewhere to sit, but the first one was too big. And then the second one, it was too small. But then she found one that was just right for her. So Goldilocks had a seat, but unfortunately for Goldilocks, 
the chair broke. So she found herself going upstairs to the bedrooms. And she found a bed that was too hard. She found one that was too soft. But then she found one that was just right. And she fell asleep. And in the midst of falling asleep, the bears came home. And lo and behold, the little baby bear found Goldilocks still asleep in his bed. Let me tell you, some of us are just like Goldilocks. Some of us are out here looking, but the problem is, now you find yourself being holy locks. You're supposed to minister to somebody, but all of a sudden, somebody's too ghetto for you to minister unto. Somebody is too bougie for you to minister unto. Somebody's too arrogant. Somebody's too humble. Somebody's too old. Somebody's too young. You're looking for somebody that's just right in order for you to minister to. But you got to understand, you can't look for who's just right. You got to do what's just God. You got to do what's just godly. Because the person that's too old, that person was old enough for you to talk to. The person that's too young, that person was just young enough for you to reach. The person that was too ghetto, you got to remember you came from the ghetto yourself. So they were ghetto enough for you to speak to. That bougie person, now that you came out of the ghetto, you just the right bougie to speak to that person. Don't you know that the too bougie and the too ghetto, you right there in the middle. You know what it's like to be ghetto. You know what it's like to want to be bougie. You ought to be able to speak to both of them. But you keep looking for what's just right, and when you find what's just right, I guarantee you it's going to be just wrong. Because now you're a sinner. Because the too old person, you push them away. The too young person, you push them away. And the person that you're trying to minister to, lo and behold, you ain't enough for them. You ain't holy enough. You ain't smart enough. You ain't prayed enough. You ain't been in the church long enough in order for you to minister unto them. But that's the person that you determine is just right. Yeah, your daddy the pastor. Boy, let me speak a word into your life. But what about the next door neighbor who child slinging dope? What about the next door neighbor? That child speaks to you every morning. That child come and help you with your groceries every time you go to the grocery store. But you won't speak a word into his life. You just keep telling people, I don't know why that young man won't stop slinging that dope. The reason he won't stop is because you won't speak a word into his life. You won't tell him that there's another way. You won't give him a couple of dollars for helping you get your groceries out of your car. You won't invite him to your church home because you don't want dope dealers sitting next to you in the church. You don't want ex-cons singing Amazing Grace with you. You want people that work in the mayor's office to come to your church. You want police officers to be in your church. You don't want the people off the streets to be in the church next to you and you find yourself being guilty of being holy locks you're looking for what's just right but what's just right and God what's just right is not fit for you to minister unto God wants you to minister unto the poor God wants you to minister unto the broken God wants you to minister to that person that is this close from pulling the trigger. God wants you to minister to the person that's this close from popping the cap on them pills and letting it all be ended. God wants you to minister to the person that's this close to going back to slanging and banging. Minister to the sister that's this close to going back into the strip 
club and shaking her thing. He wants you to minister to the person that's this close to going back to whoremongering out in the street. He wants you to minister to that person. But you're too busy looking for the person that's just right. The person that fits the mold that you want them to fit. But meantime, ministry is going undone. And not only is ministry going undone, you're going to hell a little faster than you ought to. You find yourself being guilty of a sin that you don't even feel the need to repent of because you don't feel like you're a sinful person. But you keep walking past people because what they have to offer is not beneficial for you. You can't get any fame out of helping them. You, you can't get any advancement out of helping them. And now the things of God go undone. But understand, just like Goldilocks, see that thing that's comfortable, that thing that's just right, it's not capable of supporting you. It, it, it's not capable of holding you up when the big situations of life come upon you. But then when you find that bed that's just comfortable to rest in, you know that one scripture that we like to live on, instead of reading the rest of the Bible, we find that one scripture that we're comfortable on. Don't you know, when you find that one scripture and you get comfortable and you go to sleep, when you wake up, you're going to find that the bears of life have surrounded you. The bears of life have found exactly where you are. And now that comfortable scripture ain't the scripture you need. Because see, the only scripture you want to remember was the one that made you feel good. But see, the one that was too hard for you to deal with, bro, holler, that's the scripture we flip past. That, that, that scripture that was meant to encourage us and build us up, nah, that's not good enough. But that scripture that you hung your hat on, now all of a sudden, when it's your family that's in trouble, now all of a sudden, when it's your loved one that's being kicked out of the house, or when it's your loved one that finds themselves walking out of prison and nobody wants to deal with them, now all of a sudden you want the world to change their views. You want the world to change the way they look at people that have come out of prison. You want the world to change the way they look at people that used to be involved in prostitution. You want the world to change the way they look at divorced women or divorced men or people that used to gangbang or people with tattoos all over them. You want the world to change the way they look. But you looked at them the same way. And God had to remind you that if you want people to treat yours a certain way, you ought to learn how to treat other people's the same way. If you want somebody to overlook your child's wilderness, then you got to overlook somebody else's wilderness. If you want people to overlook why your child went into the wilderness, then you got to learn how to do the same thing for somebody else's child. Because the last time I checked, God created each and every one of us. And the word says that, that God will give us favor with man. So if God is the one giving out favor, who are we to show favoritism? Because none of us, last I checked, are God. So if God gives favor, who are you to try to dish out favor? God says he's the one that causes us to do things because we're not showing favor. We're just doing what God tells us to do. We're just being obedient to God. But it even said with Samuel that as he grew in God, he grew in favor with God and with man. All because God was in control. We got to learn how to let God 
be in control. We got to learn how to be Christians and stop trying to be holy locks. Because just like holy locks, you're going to find yourself surrounded by bears. And you're going to need somebody to come and save you. But the thing is, you shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. You shouldn't have been roaming in the forest in the first place. You should have been exactly where your father told you to be. You should have been right there waiting for people to come out of the wilderness. And when they come out of the wilderness, you ought to be ready to minister to them. Just like the angels were ready to minister to Jesus. God has placed somebody on your heart. And you know what they're going through. You may not know all the details, but you can see, you can see the disappointment on their face. You, you can see or you can hear the struggle in their talk. You, you can see exactly what's going on spiritually. And that's the person that God is telling you to minister unto. Don't tell God that the person is too young. Don't tell God that the person is too old. Don't tell God that they're too ghetto or too bougie. Don't tell God that they're too arrogant or they're too hum humble. Tell God that that person is just right for you. And if they're just right for you, then they're just right for me. You got to minister to who God tells you to minister to. I don't care how poor they look. I don't care how dusty they look. That's the person that God wants you to minister unto. So that's my challenge to you, Mount Sinai. Pray to God. Ask God to reveal to you, who should I be ministering unto? Who, who should I help now that they have come out of the wilderness? Because God has given you the ability to stir up your gift. But what good is stirring up your gift if you just allow it to go back to sleep? Now that your spirit, now that the flame has been reignited, now that God has fanned the flames, now that you're on fire all over again, what are you going to do with it? Who are you going to help with this fire that's burning on the inside of you? God wants you to minister to somebody. Don't find reasons to disqualify people. Don't find reasons to overlook people. Find a reason to give somebody what God has given to you. Somebody needs understanding. Somebody needs forgiveness. Somebody needs just a little bit of encouragement. And God has seen fit for you to be the one to give it to him. Don't spend time telling God why you can't. You ought to spend, God, spend time asking God for the power and the courage that it takes to do it. Because it's going to take some courage. It's going to take some power. It, it, it's going to take some selflessness. And we're going to have to get over ourselves in order to minister to the people that God have assigned to us to minister unto. Amen. Stand to your feet all over the building. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.